Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Buckeye Breakdown on Wednesday, August 31st. We are just three days away from Ohio State taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the season opener. We've got you covered wall-to-wall on Buckeyes Now on Sports Illustrated, also on our social media channels, Buckeyes Now SI, and, of course, all this video content on our YouTube channel. Uh, We would really appreciate it if you'd subscribe and support the channel and, and our continued growth there. You can watch these podcasts mostly live. We'll continue to have live podcasts most mornings here throughout the course of the year. Uh, If they're not live, they'll certainly be posted early in the day. Uh, And you can also find the audio version wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Craig Heisen. Craig, the the Notre Dame game is creeping up. And it's like every time you go to bed, you know you're waking up. You're one day closer and and you kind of get those butterflies going. You, you, You know the game is really, really important. And it's it's almost here are you talking yourself into feeling better or worse about the game just because we're we're in that in that mode in game week where um you know it's right around the corner here yeah like you said brendan right there i think this morning when i woke up i i said that to myself like hey we're one day closer because it does feel like christmas morning coming up opening up with an opponent like notre dame it's not your your Typical first game for Ohio State where you're opening up with a Toledo or a OU, no knock on those teams, but obviously not the same feeling uh, going on, going into play a top five opponent. So I don't know if I feel better or worse today. Uh, I caught a little bit of Marcus Freeman's show, see what he's got going on last night with, uh, I was named slipping my mind right now, Greg McElroy. Um, watched a little bit of that. So see what, see what their thoughts are going into Saturday. It sounds like he's excited. I uh, still can't believe. He has no emotion on coming back to where he played yeah, for come on, man. four There's years. No but uh, I know he's been back before as a coach with uh, Cincinnati and I think uh, was it Purdue. Um, so, but I find just that hard don't to believe. believe. Yeah, I, I don't believe it. I mean, I, I he's got to say what he needs to say because the, he's the head coach of one of the most prestigious teams in the country. And I respect him for having his guys back. He should. But to, to say that, you know, he's emotionless, I just – I don't take it as a slight as much as I just don't believe it. Right. Um, and, you know, in addition to coming back to playing in that building where he was part of several really good teams, he played in a couple national championships. Um, and beyond that, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit about the 2002 team on the show today. You know, they're recognizing the 20th anniversary of the team that, that kind of reinvigorated Ohio State football. Um, for a coach that Freeman played for and, and talked so highly of in Coach Tressel. Come on, man. You're not emotionless. Right. There's no way. I don't, I'm not buying it. 
especially when Jim Trussell is going to be there Saturday. Like you see your coach, you bring it's got to bring back all those memories you have. So, yeah, to have no emotion is it was a surprising comment. Didn't take it as a slight to Ohio State at all, but just kind of coach speak for his team, probably. Yeah, and I'm trying to think about the you know I've had these thoughts the last couple of days, sort of where I stand. I still don't have a, a final score prediction, but I'll come up with something. Um, but the line is still right around 17 and a half. The over-under is, is right around 58. Um, I, I As it's gone along, those figures, I've almost felt them more than I have tried to justify why. On one hand, we've said this several times, you know, Ohio State's going to go as far as the defense takes it this year. And and knowing what you have on this offense, if the defense is actually fixed, like we have every indication from Ryan Day, from Jim Knowles, from all the players, I mean, look, talk is cheap. You got to go do it. But everybody seems to be talking really highly about the way this defense is playing. If that's fixed, look out. I mean, and I think everybody in the country knows that. Like, there are exceptionally few teams who you think – could beat the Buckeyes if this defense is fixed. All year last year, everybody said, we got to find a way to have an Ohio State-Georgia national title game because we want to see that offense against that defense, right? I I, I don't know if it is. I, I'd like to think it is. Everything we're hearing about it, it is. Um, again, talk is cheap. You got to go prove it. But if the defense is fixed, maybe 17 and a half against Notre Dame is too little. Um, I just feel like that's a really steep line against the top five team in the country. It just feels funky to me. Yeah, I don't know if the line says more about Ohio State or Notre Dame, but to me, for a top five matchup, it is awfully high. Um, Brennan, what to you with the defense being fixed? What's that look like in your eyes? I I want to see guys twenty a game compared to last year. Yeah, to me, it's it's less about the stats and more about the eye test. You know, I want to see the silver bullet defense flying around looking like they did under Jeff Halfley and, and, and Greg Madison. I want to see the the defense of 2019 where that was just as much appointment viewing as Ohio State's offense was last year. Um, it's, it's kind of what Ryan Day has talked about all year long. It's the toughness. It's the competitive stamina where you're just as good in the fourth quarter as you were in the first quarter. Um, I I think they have the guys to do it. I, I don't think this team is soft, and I think they've taken to heart in the offseason what you know that that criticism had been of them over the last 12 months now or or, or 10 months now. Um, you know, college football is an offensive game. So I, I, especially now, even more so than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago, because you, you've got athletes on the offensive side of the ball that are just freakishly good. So I, I don't know if I sit here and say that if the Buckeyes give up more than 20 points a game, then they had a bad year. I, I don't, mm-hmm. it, to me, that's not what it's all about. It's, it's how good are you when it matters? And last year they were really good when it didn't totally matter. They beat up on Michigan state who had a terrible showing. They beat up on Akron and, and Tulsa. Um, you know, they certainly played well in, in consecutive weeks in 
basically early to mid-October, but they certainly didn't play well enough early in the year against Oregon when they were trying to figure it out, and Michigan ran the ball right down their throats. So uh, to me, that's that's where I'm looking at it to say, okay, our team's running the ball straight downhill at you, and you're not getting a hand on a guy for two and a half or three yards because their line of scrimmage is pushing you around. That That's where I will watch first and foremost and say, okay, are we fixing the problem we had the last couple of years? I'm right there with you. It's it's one of those things that, especially in these marquee games, um, can they get off the field when they need to get off the field? Last year against Michigan, you could feel the momentum coming back. They never got off the field when they needed to. So in those crucial moments, like you said, are they going to be, be able to get off the field this year? I'm excited. I uh, I can't wait. I think there's a lot of people that are uh, anxiously waiting for Saturday night to get here, and, and certainly there's going to be a lot of um, you know, you, you have to think bigger picture about what this game means and, and how many calls are on this game. It's probably the hottest ticket in college football this year outside of a conference championship game. You know, maybe the Alabama-Texas game, you know, in this conversation. But I, I know they – down south, the, the saying is it just means more. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Midwest is where football – was created and and the passion the three big schools in the Midwest Notre Dame Michigan and Ohio State um I, it's it's as as good as it is anywhere and the football is often as tough as it is anywhere um and the hope is that that would be showcased here this year you've certainly got all three of those schools you know in the top what is a top six uh in the the early ap poll that's that's great for football in this region um I, i'm i'm trying to think through the ramifications of what this weekend's game really means there are i mean this is a loaded recruiting weekend we touched on that on yesterday's podcast um you know, you're, you're going to honor the, the memory of the 2002 national championship. And, you know, you're talking about a team. Sorry, I've got a lawnmower outside my window here. It'll go away in a second. Um, you're going to honor the memory of a, of a national championship team that, in my mind, kind of like reinvigorated Ohio State football. I mean, I'm not that old. I, I was born in 1991. So, my earliest memories of Ohio State football when they when they first got good are associated with that team. I mean, I watched the Buckeyes before them, but that was the team growing up in Cleveland when the Browns were irrelevant when they were even, you know, still in Cleveland. Uh, the Cavs were certainly not part of the conversation pre-LeBron. It was the, the Cleveland Indians that weren't just good in the 90s. They were unbelievable they walked on water it was a baseball town for for a short while there um but like my football dose came on saturdays watching the buckeyes and in 2002 you know that team like totally uh ignited my love for ohio state football and you think about okay that's 20 years ago now and you've got a group of guys that are playing in this game that literally grew up only knowing success for Ohio State for the guys that were in this region, because now it's it's a national footprint. You got guys from all over the country. 
and you're going to continue to have recruits from all over the country because of the way the game has evolved. The I don't want to say something reckless, but like there's a, a big piece of me that feels like the future of the program has a has a major stake in the outcome on Saturday. You hit on it. There's there's more kids at this game probably than have ever been at a Ohio State game. A lot of those kids are uncommitted. Um, they got to build that 24 class up, and a lot of those kids are going to be there Saturday. So, uh, obviously, none of them were born when uh, Ohio State won that national title in 2002, but they're going to get to meet those guys, I'm sure, down on the field or maybe uh, in the locker room or something. Um, they'll get to meet Craig Krenzel. I don't know who all is going to be there. I saw he was going to be there, and Trestle's going to be there. Um, I don't know if Chris Gamble is going to be there, but that was my favorite player growing up. And like you hit on, we weren't fortunate to grow up in good NFL towns. I grew up in Cincinnati, so Bengals stunk. So my football was on Saturday as well. And you look forward to every Ohio State game. That's probably why now I'm more into Ohio State than I am uh, college or uh, NFL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, uh, yeah, that 2 season was special. There was a lot of close games. I was going back, kind of looking. I know we are going to talk about this today. Just kind of looking. I remember a lot of those games. I was at the Cincinnati game at Paul Brown. And Cincinnati fans will tell you they should have won that game, but uh, they didn't. And there was a call at the end of the game. I can't remember if it was pass interference or a holding call that went against the Bearcats and gave the Buckeyes the ultimate victory. I think Chris Gamble picked one off in the corner of the end zone. We were sitting in to seal that. Uh, but, you go on that schedule, there was every Saturday was a near heart attack for uh, Ohio State fans. Well, and and that, that's the game. cool part of it, Craig. It's like that team never got flustered. It's not like mm-hmm. they were steamrolling teams, right? I mean, they they found a way to just win close. I mean, didn't they go to overtime against Illinois? Like they, yeah, was, they I think it was Illinois. They went to overtime, and that one was looking really unlikely for a while. And, and they certainly didn't look good in the Holy Buckeye game late. Um, no. And that turns into one of the most famous Ohio State wins of all time. Um, to me, the lasting memory, I, the, aside from Holy Buckeye, because I think that almost stands on its own, there are, there are two things that stand out to me when thinking about that Ohio State team. And they're actually both tied to the national championship game. I guess it's three things. I mean, I, I remember the – the the incomplete pass and then the flag thrown, you know, yeah. everybody is kind of like, did that really just happen? Do we lose or not lose or what? What's the deal here? Um, to me, the most memorable play from that game was actually when Maurice Claret fumbled and kept his head in the play and then stripped the ball back and kept possession. To that was that was like my introduction to you never give up on a play. And it doesn't matter what position you are on the field, you can find a way to to make an impact no matter what's going on. I was so unbelievably impressed that a running back who had just fumbled in the national championship game, I'm a what an 11 year old kid in 2002, um, and, and he went and stripped the ball back. Like I I will never forget that play as long as I live. 
And it was a huge momentum swing back for the Buckeyes at a moment where, as a fan, you wanted to throw a remote through the TV because you couldn't believe you just fumbled. Um, but it, it's funny the things that, like, stick with you long term. I, I remember watching the end of the game with my dad and the the overhand double high five that we gave each other. Craig, my hand stung for two days. We we I've never five somebody harder than I did when we won that like literally like ow, but this is awesome. Yeah. I think that's the go-to father-son celebration because that's yeah. exactly what we did in 2014. Um with my dad. But yeah, that 2002 season, especially like you're talking about the national title game. That play is one of the most iconic plays in Ohio State history, um, at least modern day Ohio State history, especially who Maurice Claret took that ball from. It's Sean Taylor goes on to an unbelievable career in the NFL. Um, and for looking back at that game, I couldn't, it's so long ago, but I forgot how much Craig Krenzel ran in that game. Yeah. I looked back at the box score. I was like, holy cow, he ran that much. And did you remember Maurice Claret and, and – the only time Jim Trestle probably wasn't conservative that season was that interception where Maurice Claret made that iconic play to go play action there when he typically would run that ball. Uh, but it, it, it all worked out. And I remember that flag vividly. I remember as a little kid thinking we lo- thinking we lost and throwing a little temper tantrum in here. My dad be like, oh, it's not over. It's not over. So <laughs> it's good memories. It'll be fun to see those guys. I don't know what really any of them do now, but it'll be fun to see that 2002 team back in the well, state. And, and to Ryan Day's point, you know, he told us yesterday, he's like, you remember watching some of those games growing up? Like, that's you now. And they're the, the next couple generations of Buckeye players, just like you, Cade Stover, idolized James Laronitis. You know, I realize that's a couple years after the national title team. But, you know, just like you idolize those guys, you are the guys now that kids are watching that are going to say, I want to be – fill-in-the-blank player. I, I want to be Jack Sawyer, who makes the big sack. I want to be C.J. Stroud, who throws an incredible touchdown to, to win a game. Um, you know, you, you've got an incredible opportunity now, and, and you don't want to make the moment bigger than it is, but you, you're living in what you dreamed about, and and recognize that, and go embrace it, and, and run with it. Um, so especially for the high-level recruits, of which there's going to be a bunch um, I just think it's really important for Ohio State to to go out and make a huge impression because let's play it from the the positive side here. If they blow out Notre Dame, I mean, the the, the lasting impression that makes with the 2024 2025 kids is, hey, I know that other team was out by a country, and by the way, we fixed our defense, and we're here to win a national championship, and this is where you want to play your college football. Um, and if you lose, you, you know, Mark Pantone and his staff have to work that much harder to to keep convincing kids, hey, you know, sometimes you lose a game and, and we still think we're the, you know, we're the, we're the best place for uh, for your future. Sure thing. Sure thing. It's a lot riding on Saturday. All right. A um, couple of other little things that I, I touch on before we wrap up here. One, uh, I saw this in Notre Dame's game notes. So Tyler Buckner, obviously, it was made. This is his first career start. Uh Notre Dame has had a few quarterbacks over the years that have performed pretty well in their first starts. In fact, mm-hmm. if you go back to like 2010, their most recent quarterbacks have basically all won their first career starts. 
uh, even Tommy Reese uh, against a 15th-ranked Utah team back in 2010. Um, but even like long-term, back in, in uh, there were a couple of examples in the 90s, one in the 80s, a couple in the 60s, guys who were making their first career starts against ranked teams, and all of them seemed to perform fairly well and in every case that they listed here, they won those games. But no player in Notre Dame history has ever started his first career game uh, against a team ranked as highly as Ohio State is in the Associated Poll Press uh, era. I, I said that backward. Associated Press Poll era. Um, college football to me is fun because you've got all of these like long – long-standing examples of what happened when fill-in-the-blank was the case. But I think the reality is the beauty of this sport is that it it almost doesn't matter because you're flipping your roster every year. It's a new team. It's, it's the insanity of college football. You're trying to build something that is going to change year after year after year. So, you know, I, I don't know that you, you think so much about the history when you're talking about a new kid – I just think about it more from an experience level. It's going to be a really, really fun, loud, hostile environment. You got a quarterback who was super highly recruited. Can can Buckner, can he find a way to frustrate Ohio State's defense enough? I don't know that we know the answer, but I think, you know, if he can be mobile and if they can run the football effectively and shorten the game, that's their best chance. Uh, yeah, definitely. And like you said, he was highly recruited good with his feet. So I think that's probably what they're going to lean on. Young quarterback, hostile environment Saturday night. Probably going to go through one or two reads and take off because he's worried about somebody's going to rip his head off. So um, it's going to be what I, I think it's going to be what he can do with his feet. One of the interesting things I looking through Notre Dame's game notes was uh, the amount of sacks they had last year. They only graduated six of those. So that's something I'll be keeping my eye on is how that how their defensive line is going up against our offensive line. By all accounts, it's our offensive line supposed to be one of the strengths of this team. Um, so we'll see because they're going to go up against a really good front uh, Saturday. So I'm excited to see how that pans out. Um, and then Notre Dame, you could argue that Michael Mayer um, may have the brightest future of anybody. Yeah, he's a dude. Playing at Ohio State on Saturday night. I mean, he's going to be a first-round pick, probably a really high first-round pick. Um, and it sounds like Notre Dame's going to try to get him the ball a lot and maybe break the all-time reception record this year, um, especially with the injuries they have so far. He's going to be getting all the targets. So, yeah, and that's the thing. I you know I look at Notre Dame's offense right now, and like I just see a lot of unproven potential. You know, I think they're going to be a really good team. I think they're going to win nine, ten games this year. Um, I, I don't expect them to stink. I think they may struggle a little bit against Ohio State. I think the Buckeye defense is going to be better. I, I hope that it actually turns out that way. But from, from the few practices that we were allowed to see as media members and from everything we're hearing from people that are there every day, you know, how much of it is manufactured, how much of it is just you believe in yourself as a team, it, it's kind of hard to decipher some of that stuff. Um but you can reasonably think why a lot of these guys would take good steps forward this year. So I expect Ohio State's defense to play better. And certainly when it's the first game of the year, you're not going to be lacking toughness, or at least you sure shouldn't be. 
Uh, and Ryan Day said, you know, this team's they've got a lot to prove, and and he's not out here to try to convince anybody that, um, you know, that they're not a hungry, focused team. So, I I expect Notre Dame's offense at times to look a little clunky because I think they're going to try to establish the run, and I think Ohio State, based on what we saw from Jim Knowles at Oklahoma State and how unbelievably aggressive that defense was, he's got no offense to the to the Cowboys, who were pretty good last year. He's got better players who, who he said pick things up faster here. I, I don't know why you would expect anything other than a really fast, aggressive-minded defense, and I think that could be tough for a team that wants to try to establish the run. That defense is going to be interesting to see who Jim Knowles uses in that kind of rover position that he keeps talking about. So he's got options there. Uh, for sure. That's going to be how he uses that is one of the, not so much who plays that position, but how they use that is I'm looking forward to seeing that seeing, Hey, on this set, there's four down linemen. Now there's three, one guy's walking around the line, that kind of thing. It's going to be exciting to see. Yeah. All right. That'll wrap up this morning's show Went a little bit longer than we usually do, but uh, I'm so excited about this team and the season. Sometimes that'll happen. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Kickoff is uh, set for, I think, by the time all of the pregame stuff is done, it should be probably a little closer to 745 than actually 730. Uh, but the Buckeyes are asking everybody to be in their seats by 7 o'clock so that you don't miss any of the fun pregame festivities that uh, that they've got planned down at the shoe. For Craig Heisen, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for tuning in to Buckeye Breakdown as always. You can find it on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our pods. Uh, we'll also have... Uh, a Buckeye report coming up later tonight after we talk with a number of players that'll be available tonight after practice. Uh, so we should have the Buckeye report posted sometime. I'm going to bet right around eight o'clock Eastern time. Um, and then tomorrow Ryan day, will have his radio show. We'll basically have Ryan day talking with Paul Keels and Jim Lachey for about an hour. You're going to hear a lot of content from Ryan as he gets ready to, to lead this team into the 2022 season. Buckeyes now on SI, all of our social channels, Buckeyesnow.com, the best place for all the latest on uh, on the team. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on Buckeye Breakdown. Three days, Ohio State, Notre Dame, just around the corner here.